Hi everyone, John here and welcome to Pulse. What does it mean to be a mentor? What responsibilities do you have as a mentor and how do you earn it? What does mentorship look like in our new norm of social distancing? During our discussion today, we examined those questions and narrowed down what that word mentorship means and even how we've misused it. You're listening to Pulse, a podcast by Air Commandos for Air Commandos. Our mission is to seek clarity and confidence in our understanding of the factors which influence our individual effectiveness. We invite you to join us as we engage in real conversations, which explore everything from leadership to physical fitness, from resilience to developing effective habits. So lace up, sink your heading bug, and let's get after it. Welcome back to Pulse, everyone. Uh, coming to you from the Canon PDC during the COVID-19 social distancing. I got Master Sergeant Michael Fisher. That's me. John. Our, John's here. Our, I'm uh, back. Our board guy. I am back. Yes. Welcome back. Feels good to it's be back. It's been a small minute. Yes, I had to take some days for quarantine. I was healthy, but just to be sure. Okay. So, so were you quarantined or were you in self-isolation? I was taking the 14 days. Uh, to make sure that not, make sure that I had not contracted anything. Okay. All right. So that's why I've been gone for a while. Yeah. Well, welcome back. Glad to see you're here and healthy and kicking. Vertical. Vertical. Yes, I am vertical. Three feet high and rising. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so now that we're here, what are we going to talk about? Uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about mentorship and what mentorship means. Um, so we'll ju I'm just going to kick right off with a question yeah, for you guys. Yeah, let's jump right into it. So how should mentorship look during our current situation? So by current situation, you mean like the social distancing? Social COVID? distancing. And okay. does, it, does it or should it look different now than it did prior to the social distancing? That's a good question. My, is, my initial is take is, is, in principle, it shouldn't look different. Right. In, okay. in other words, what we're trying to accomplish isn't going to change. Uh, maybe how we do that, the mechanisms by which we execute this, uh, obviously, you know, may look a little bit different. Um, do I need to go in more detail with that? Or? So I guess I'll ask the question about that. You say it may look a little bit different. So mm -hmm. as a as a if you're mentoring someone, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, what, at what point do we do we mentor an individual? Uh, because right now we're not seeing them. So if you only are a mentor when you are present with that individual, um, how, how is that working with the social distancing or an individual who may be teleworking, depending on the uh, organization? Okay. Um, I'd like to pose a different question as we lead up to that. Sure. Um, because I think it's important for us to drill into this a little bit more and define what mentorship actually is. Ooh, okay. Which allows us to then better answer this question once we've built that context. Does that make sense? Of course, yeah. So, yeah. what is mentorship? What, what was it? What does it mean? What? How? Uh, how important is this idea of mentorship as well? So, in my mind, uh, mentorship is something that is extraordinarily intentional and deliberate. It's not this ad hoc mm. uh, kind of approach that 
oftentimes I think we in, in the so, current climate of the United States Air Force think it is. Right? Mentorship is not reactionary. It, I mean, in some cases it could be, but okay. in its truest, purest sense, it's right. not. It is right. deliberate. It's intentional. Right. It's focused. Um, and so, yeah, I, I don't see it as something that, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> what I often like to call drive-by mentorship, right? Uh, you, meet somebody, you meet somebody in the hallway as you're both walking past each other. You stop, you chat, and somehow I just got mentored. Right. Oh, so mm. in other words, the human equivalent of a Facebook meme. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> those, that to me, those inspirational quotes. Yeah, you know, it's like you need. There's more to it than that. Oh, I very right? much believe. Although we've come to just think that mm. that's mentorship, and it's not. It really isn't. So, what does it take to actually be able to provide that mentorship? So, w- when you look at the Air Force definition of mentorship, it's formalized definition, and also just go out to your, you know, dictionary and pull it up, Google it, whatever, you're going to find that it is truly centered around an enduring, healthy relationship. So I actually need to know the individual, actually have a relationship built in order to effectively mentor. An that individual. is a reoccurring theme on this show. Yes, it is. Uh, you're absolutely right. It sounds like to me that's a, a foundation for a lot of good leadership techniques. Yeah. Rela- you know, building that relationship, that's where everything branches off from there. But Absolutely. But in the, in the context of mentorship, I think you should have, if you are the mentor for everyone that you're mentoring, you should have a plan for them. That's correct. You should have a plan of where you expect where they are now, by knowing them, you know where they are now, and where they where they can go. And, and maybe even need to go. I was about to say where <laughs> they should go, so we're on the same yeah, page. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, when you say, okay, what are this person's strengths? What are their weaknesses? What weaknesses can deserve a little bit of time to, to shore up and make a little bit better? Maybe even turn those into strengths. Um, and how does that person play to their strengths? Right. And then that's your, that's your kind of mentorship guideline. And that might not be, be known to them, but it should be known to you as the mentor as you walk them down that path or you try and guide them. You're not walking them so much as guiding. And along the way is... There you go. Yeah, yeah. you're guiding them down that path. They're, they're walking down that path, and then you, they wander off and take an offer, and you kind of... Give them a little elbow, like, nope, nope yep. back over there. That's where you want to go. Go back where you're at. And this is the way you really want to You really think about, you want that off-ramp? I think you should stay on Highway 15 for a little bit longer. Right. Uh, and what does that mean now for our COVID-19 social distance, you know, precautions? Well, that actually means we have to be engaged in a different way, right, and be willing to. Um, I started using Duo on my app. Oh, my phone, which is a video. Using what? Duo. It's, a, it's an app. Okay. Uh, that it's standard app with Apple and Android and allows, before you couldn't video, you couldn't FaceTime someone. If you had an iPhone, you couldn't FaceTime someone that has an Android, right? It only ah. works with other Apple products for FaceTime. Well, Duo connects the two. So, so you can... It's a cross-platform It's a cross-platform type. video chat. So, yeah. you know, no matter what tablet you have, no matter what phone you have, as long as you have a phone plan... And there's no sign-up process. It's already connected to your ID. So as soon as you download it, it just starts working. Yeah. And, you, and you can call someone, and it's very clear. It's a very smooth connection. I just learned about that hmm. for this because I found that making a phone call is fine, but there's something about seeing someone. 
the, the actual true. connection. Yeah. yeah. And and I would say don't don't forego that actual seeing someone's face and seeing their reaction and having that kind of conversation face to face. Put the phone some don't be one of those people that walk around too much with the phone. <laughs> it makes the other person kind of dizzy to watch. Right. Uh, even though I'm guilty of that. <laughs> but get to check out the ceiling a little bit. Yeah, right. They looking up your nostrils. Right. <laughs> Just but I, you have the phone on the desk and you can be sitting there typing on the laptop or what have you, but just seeing their face and using Duo, and I'm not trying to advertise, but I'm just saying this is a tool yeah. that all of the our devices have. To use. All of our devices have this app mm-hmm. waiting. If it's not downloaded, you download it, and it instantly works without you configuring anything. Correct. So it, so use it because it helps. It helps a lot. It's, it's a person-to-person thing. It's not like Zoom, although I've become familiar with that recently as well, too. So... What I'm hearing a little bit here, um, especially with the question I asked is, is it different and should it be different? It should be a little bit, but in the sense that we have to be a little more deliberate Mm. in how we attack getting after the mentorship piece. But it can't just be that, hey, I now have an app. Let me go find somebody to mentor. You got to have that foundation already there and then deliberately go after making sure you're staying in contact um, I was listening to a, another podcast this morning, and that's one of the, the key points that they were mentioning is, you know, often leaders are saying, hey, I don't want to be the guy when they come back and says, I was, or they, they were bugging me too much, or, you know, so I'm trying, to, I'm trying to stay out of their business. And no individual ever says, hey, I'm leaving my organization, I'm quitting my job because my boss just over-communicates. I know what my mission goals, my mindset, like I know where, where we're headed in the future. I'm out of here because they, they mentor just, me too much. Yeah, they gave me too much, and I just can't handle <laughs> He's this. He's over here trying to make me succeed. I don't want none of that. Exactly. Right. So being deliberate and getting out there, and you know, letting the letting the people know that we care, we're there for them, still providing the opportunities. Um, so a little bit, I would say it's a little more deliberate during these times. Yeah, it is. And and one thing I would like to point out is um, in the mentor mentee relationship, some people like to use the word protege, right? Um, and that's fine, whatever term you want to put on the person that's being mentored. Um, in that relationship, the mentee or the protege needs to be the one staying engaged, needs to be the one constantly looking for that next whatever, if it's not you know, something that's predefined as far as a schedule-wise, that, that next time that you sit down and chat or you know, uh, invest Right. And you said it was the mentee or the mentor? The mentee. Okay. Right. That you're the one that's seeking it from the very beginning. You are also the one that approached that individual, assuming that's how it happened, approached that individual and said, look, I'm in need of a mentor. I'm interested in you being that person. Would you be willing? Right. Um, So you need to take take the wheel. You're, you're the driving factor. You don't need to be going, hey, well, now that I have my mentor, I'm going to sit back and just see what my mentor does. So at what point does the mentor have to, and, and this is kind of, you know, a, a twofold question, um, but at what point does a mentor need to take a step up for the accountability piece? Yeah, so the accountability piece is, is definitely there, uh, and I'm not at all saying that the mentor sits back and also just hits the autopilot button and, and just, you know, cruises along. Um, accountability comes down to, look, when we set a deadline, when we set a goal, when we set these, you know, clearly defined things, uh, I'm going to check in with you, see how you're doing. I'm going to uh, ask where you're at relative to getting that done on, on the appropriate time. But, you know, 
I'm not going to be the one driving the train. Because again, this is this is about your growth. And by the way, who's responsible? The most responsible person in that relationship for for the growth? The individual. The individual, right. And so they need to take that right. uh, and lead. And so um, I think that's a key piece to kind of understand uh, because I, I don't know that a lot of folks understand, you know, some of the dynamics in that relationship. I'll agree with that. So I guess I guess with that then, as we talk about, you know, if how you go about selecting your mentor, or maybe it was assigned to you. Um, <laughs> so how do, how do we choose a mentor? Or... I guess, how do people choose who their mentor is going to be, or do you get told who you're, who's going to mentor you? I think that's both, right? Because for our lifestyle, right, you, someone is assigned to you. It's a, you have a supervisor. Someone's doing your ACA, writing your EPR, and hopefully that person is a mentor to you, but it doesn't have to be the mentor, who you're learning from and who you're using to grow, uh, your own, grow yourself and become a better version of yourself might be a different person in your organization than the person conducting your ACA, and that's okay, right? You're still learning from your supervisor, but your mentor doesn't have to also be your supervisor. Yeah, in fact, I personally would caution against having a supervisor as a formal mentor. It doesn't mean mentorship can't occur there, right? but what you run into, again, it's in my mind, it's the difference between the ideal world versus the real world. Hmm. Right. In an ideal world, the relationship between the supervisor supervisee is such that 100 percent open communication. You're able to talk about all the uncomfortable things with relative ease, so on and so forth. Right. Let's be real. That's just not a reality that exists in the majority of supervisor super supervisee relationships. OK. And so seeking a mentor that is not within your supervisory chain or at least immediately in your supervisory chain is probably in your best interest because you can have a much more open conversation because that person who's mentoring you doesn't necessarily have a dog in the fight, right? And so they can be much more objective. There can be much more open communication and honesty there. Whereas I, I I mean, maybe I I just don't see anyone. I I, think you're fooling yourself. If you say I'm 100% open and honest about everything with my supervisor. Well, I, I disagree I, I would, with that. I would push back just a little bit. And I yeah. think that might be and I w- where I think the difference in between what you're saying and maybe where I'm standing sure. is how your what your roles are in your chosen career. So whatever career mm-hmm. you're in, sometimes you have a closer relationship than with the people you work with than say a different career. That where sure. you might do a lot of work solo, you might work in a cubicle that might have a different working relationship, not saying good or bad, but just saying different. Yeah. Right. That this, these people work as a crew. Now let's put it this way. I'll, I'll make it, I'll put it on the floor. Two troops at finance will have a different working relationship than two troops at EOD. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And because it, yeah. the, the guy next to you in, in the office or cubicle next to you in finance never has your life in his hands. Right. And in EOD, that's exactly what's going to happen at some point in the career. So that's going to that's going to change how open you are with someone and whether or not you come to them and have those kind of talks. So yeah. I do think it's possible to have that mentorship, you know, directly in that chain of command 
I think it's possible. And, it, and it, I think in some, some situations, that's actually healthy. Yeah. Again, so, there's always an exception to every rule. Right. Um, again, my general guidance is always based off what tends to be the generalized reality versus... And I think a lot of this goes back to what we talked about at the beginning of this episode was the definition, right? Having that relationship with the individual. If you, I mean, if you're coming up with your buddy, um, both senior airmen, one makes staff, next thing you know, he becomes your supervisor. Okay. He, you have a good relationship there to where, you know, maybe down the road, uh, you view him more as a mentor to help you progress. Now, this is kind of a far-fetched because, you know, young staff, young senior airmen, you know, maybe maybe not the, the mentorship you're looking for, but uh, bear with me as we, we as we go through this. But I guess that question is, is can a mentor be assigned? I don't think that the mentor is assigned to you, or I don't think that maybe, you know, your supervisor is the, because they are appointed to lead you. Right. Um, ultimately, it's you decide on whether or not you have that relationship with the individual to where they are mentoring you or if they are just leading you. And that goes back to the, the premise. Um, and I know we've talked about this before, uh, Sergeant Fisher, is I can be placed in a leadership role, mm-hmm. but that does not mean that I am a leader. Yeah, exactly. it, is, very true. it is up that's to the true. individuals underneath yeah. to determine whether or not I am leading them or if I am just merely managing them. Mm-hmm. So if I'm if I go to an individual and I'm mentoring them, well, if that individual doesn't have the buy-in from me, the trust in me, am I mentoring them or am I just giving them advice? Mm. Whereas if the individual says, "Hey, I, I'm really looking for some mentorship. Um, I'm seeking some advice. I was wondering if you'd be willing to help me out." I, I at that point I know. I am providing you with mentorship as compared to just, hey, I have some wisdom. I just want to share it with you so that you have it for the future. And, and I think I, it's kind of a, a terminology difference uh, in a sense. No, but I think, but, I think it's a good distinction because you have, you have uh, giving advice is kind of a one-off. Right. And mentorship is a ongoing relationship, right? Yeah. It's like a story arc. Right. You know? Mentorship is I see this person here. They're at level two, and I want to get them to level eight. And mentorship is that the collective advice giving, right, and and nudging of attitudes, knowledge, performance, you know, that's mentorship encompasses all of that and is very closely tied to leadership. If those terms are almost not quite interchangeable, but definitely overlapping concentric circles. Right. Yeah. And I think you touched on a very important point is that they're at two, level two, I want them at level eight. Well, that's assuming that the mentor actually is capable of operating at level eight in the first place, right? And so (laughs) going back to your example of EOD, you know, sometimes Mm. drinking the Kool-Aid from your own well all the time, in other words, looking for mentors within your own uh, sphere of influence is limiting your ability to grow and develop in ways that those individuals just don't have the op- op- opportunity or even capability of operating at level eight in given right. area of and discipline. You right? saying that sparks the idea in my head that you can have a mentor that's never met you. Right. Potentially. Right? Potentially. But it's possible. That's still, it's it, that's that's touchy. Well, I say it, I say it in a way that when you say going outside the organization, well, if you if you read a book, uh, particularly if you follow an author yeah. or a philosopher or sure. Or someone who does also your job, but they hap- you happen to have not crossed paths, but you're just checking up on what they do, what their interviews are, 
how they approach a situation. And in a way, they kind of give you that guidance just from their way of being. I think, I think several people have that. I, you know, they, they say, man, I really look up to this person and what they've accomplished. And every time they're on an interview and every time they're doing this, I'm going to listen to what they have to say. And in a, in a way that can help shape how you are, how you react now, as long as that's a positive influence, right? Do you think that's a form of it? I think that's a form of mentorship. It's a form of guidance yeah. and growth. But when you look at the, the true fundamental definition of mentorship, I think it's important that we understand. And I know this to a degree is semantics, all like, right? But yeah, right. words mean things, right? right? And so mentorship is about a relationship. And okay. if there is no relationship there, then in the strictest sense, it's not mentorship actual. is not occurring. I get a it. transfer of knowledge Hmm. advice, all that is, is certainly occurring. Um, and that's why I think it's important because in my opinion, we as an air force culturally have really distorted the the true understanding of what mentorship is right to the point where we think when we gather around in these multiple tables in a room and do this quote unquote speed mentorship, where I spend literally five minutes in front of somebody and then move to another table and spend another five minutes. It's like speed. We people. call that mentorship. Is that a relationship? No. No, it's not. And yeah. mentorship. I think I is just. I think I just fell into that trap with <laughs> a my little example. Bit. A little bit. <laughs> Maybe. Well, and, and that's the point. You know. I, I think it's important that we talk about this well, because uh, we're not having these honest conversations about what real mentorship should look like and what it really is versus mm. what it is not. And so. Maybe that's the other question. What is mentorship not? Right. Well, and here's this thing about it um, with with your example, John, as well. Um, it goes back to the whole thing of you don't want to meet your childhood hero. You know, I hmm. I can watch a TED Talk on a lot of, you know, motivational speakers, and I, I do. There's a lot of them out there that I, I buy into what they say. I love their message, um, and I try to internalize a lot of that information. However... Childhood hero, not so much a child, this was a few years ago, um, an individual uh, who's out in the television industry, right? Um, loved his acting, loved him as a person on screen, had the opportunity to meet the individual in person. Uh, since that day, I've refused to ever watch, see, read anything ever by him again. And it wasn't, I, I fell in love with a character that he portrayed. Um, so, with that, you know, individuals who write books, because this individual did write a book, um, and I like the material in it, <clears throat> but the material that was in there wasn't what the individual was. So once I f- actually had the opportunity to create that relationship, now, there wasn't like it was going to be some extravagant, you know, hey, we're going to become buzz swapping numbers. Um, but once I was actually able to meet him and build be able to build that relationship to some degree, I found out I, I really don't stand with his message as much as I thought I did. Um, in theory, it, it's great, but delivered actually the way it was intended, I found that it was it fell short. It and missed the mark. It, it did, and it was yeah. like, okay, well, that, that person really wasn't a mentor or you know, they were just giving me good tidbits that I was like, hey, I could use that in my personal life. Yeah, I, I think... The childhood hero thing, I, I've done it twice. And once was horrifying. Right. <laughs> Similar to your experience. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. And I can't, I can no longer enjoy that person's previous, you know, work the same way. Right. The other was absolutely mind blowingly cool. 
And I feel fortunate that there is someone who is a hero to me and I met them and they were ever, ever they were as ever bit cool as I expected that yeah. they would be. Yeah. And, and we actually did exchange information. Oh, nice. <laughs> and so uh, every now and then we keep in touch and that's just, it still like gives me like butterflies because it's like, what? That's <laughs> <You know>? awesome. <laughs> yeah. and, but, but as you, as you build on that relationship and it lets say five years down the road, you mm-hmm. continue to, and you reach out to them for advice. Hey, I've, I've come across this. What? And I would say at that point, that to me would be true mentorship. You've built right. the relationship. You have a trust in the individual and you have the ability to actually listen to what they say, good or bad. Because honestly, for me, I would define the individual so that I actually claim as a mentor is if they were to tell me where I messed up, and I was willing to accept it from that individual. Because if somebody comes to you and says, hey, you're doing a horrible job. You suck at this. You can't get this right. And you're like, I've never even met you. Have you ever even seen my work? Like, how do you know it? You're like, okay, not listening. And you kind of sh- you tune them out. Whereas a true mentor can come to you and say, hey, man, I don't know what you're doing here, but you're wrong. And you're like, you know, I, I should probably reevaluate my, my, my life and my situation. Um, I think yeah. that, that really helps you kind of identify whether they are a mentor to you or just somebody who just gives you advice because a good mentor will tell you when you're wrong. Yeah. And if you can handle hearing it from that individual, then that means that you also have the trust, buy-in, all of the things that are a necessity to actually consider them your mentor. Yep. And I'm glad you used the word necessity because that, that is absolutely vital. Uh, mentorship can't occur. When you don't have that mutual understanding of both trust, commitment to each other, et cetera. Otherwise, it's, it's just two people that, who are acquainted when you think mm-hmm. about it, right? Um, so back to the original question, yes. in my mind, can you assign a mentor? In the truest sense, no. Because in essence, what you're telling me is relationships can be assigned. Well, well yeah, but maybe. So roles so, can be assigned. Roles but relationships assigned. can't. Roles really? can be assigned, but if we're using if we're using these tenets of good leadership, of yeah. developing that relationship, if you say, hey, you have to be this person's leader, and then I take that and say, okay, well, I'm going to have to establish that rapport, build that relationship, and I do those things, then I'm being sincere, but sure. I was also assigned. Well, right? you were assigned the role, but you earned and built Aha. the relationship. You assume you earned and built. You can do, so if I, if I was to assign you yep. to be the supervisor and I say, hey, I want you to get to know your airmen. And I, I even give you a sheet and I say, look, you need to know their, their personal life, wife, kids, pets, uh, where they're from, their hobbies. And you try and build that rapport with that individual. And that individual doesn't feel that you are being sincere. Yeah. And you're just, you're, you're the supervisor, just checking the boxes. Hey, look, I've, I've done what's required of me. You're, it's, it's ultimately, it comes back to the same role as a leader. It's up to the individual who's going to be receiving it right. whether or not you are truly a mentor well, to them. Well, I've told every NCO that I've mentored. <clears throat> I say that on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> every NCO that I've mentored, I've always told them, if you're not sincere, your leadership will never work. Right. And, I've, and I believe in that. No, I don't know if I read that or anywhere, but I just I say it often. If you're not sincere, it doesn't work. You have to mean it. And you have to Correct. learn, you have to look within yourself to learn how to mean it, to make a friend, right? And to 
to have someone, to know someone and to care about that person. And you may not be a personable person. You might be a person who's a little uh, reserved or maybe even, uh, you know, capital A kind of guy, you know, and you might be that kind of person deep down. And it doesn't mean you're a bad person, but you're just abrasive and that's fine. But you do have to mean it. So when you're looking at somebody and say, hey, do you need do you need my help to deal with this situation? Or you take someone and pay attention to them and say, I saw you were doing this work X, Y, Z over here. And I thought that was cool. I want you to also be able to do one, two, three. I'm going to help you get there. And maybe they didn't ask for you that, but you're sincere about getting them there. And eventually, in my experience, if that sincerity is coming from an honest place, not from the checkbox, but because you're looking at them as an individual and you're caring, I've never seen that rejected. So, and I think that there's a little bit of a, a difference with that as well. And what it, it, I guess what I'm trying to say here is you can be sincere and yeah. truly care and want to help an individual. Um, but if the individual is like, I, they just something about you. They don't feel your personality. Um, you know, maybe maybe as you're as you're trying to be sincere, and you're giving your your all. Maybe maybe you have your phone nearby, and you're the individual who's very social media uh, oriented, and you check your phone a lot. I'll tell you, for me, I I try and hide the phone, get it out of the way. Yeah. Um, but all it takes is a split moment while you're being sincere. But is that sincerity, right? So if your attention is split. But it may not be an intentional. So some people sit in when they're in their chair and, you know, they kind of swivel back and forth, that nervous habit. Um, so it could just be something that while you're talking, um, maybe you have the individuals always check a clock, right? Maybe I have a meeting coming up and the, the one day we've talked six or seven times for an hour, never had an issue. Today we're talking. I got a meeting coming up. I glance up at the clock and you're like, he doesn't even care about me. Yeah, that, that's possible. So if it's early in that relationship building phase, um, it can, <laughs> I'm watching Mike's face. He wants to jump he, in he so it. bad. Oh, yeah, I do. do. I do. Because here's the deal. Intention is awesome. It is. But it is not the end game. No. Mm. Because how many of us know and have observed leaders who deep down you believed had great intentions, but at the end of the day still miss the mark? Right. Right? So intent, your sincerity, all of that stuff is great stuff, but nobody cares what's going on in your mind because nobody can actually confirm that. What they care about is what you actually do. Okay? So yes, intent and sincerity is good. I'm not poo-pooing it. Yeah. It's part of the process, but it is, it's only one piece of the puzzle. The second most important piece is then how do I translate my sincerity, my intention into a behavior, an actual action that connects with that person that's sitting across from me? So it's worth it to learn how to transfer your sincerity into a communicative, communicative action. That actually speaks to that person because we all are different, right? right? What speaks to you is not necessarily going to speak to me. That process, that behavior, that technique, and that's, that's the piece that I believe is so missing in our leadership realm right now is the, the misguided thought that leadership is cookie cutter. I do X, we're good. 
Right. Right. Yeah. You can't, and you can't mass produce it. That's it. I have to take a moment to understand you. Hmm. And when I do understand you, I then communicate and act and behave in a way that connects to you. But not only, not only is it understanding the individual, but you also have to understand yourself a little bit. So oh, the, awareness, 100%. The, the way that I interact with you right. as compared to fish is going to be different if I'm, if I'm trying to connect with an individual. And if I try and go the same way, I understand yours and his, but my personality doesn't allow me to. I have to figure out a way that I can intermesh in multiple directions. And it doesn't mean I have to be fake or different. No. It's just understanding how and why individuals are and do the way, do things that they do. Um, yeah. And that's, that's where I, I throw out the, you know, it's not so much if you look at a clock, it's, uh, then it comes back to the effective communication. Hey, I know that I'm, I, you have to be self-aware. Hey, I know I keep looking at this. Let me address this. I'm sorry. I have a, I have a meeting coming up and I just want to make sure that I don't miss it. Um, or let's say that, you're, you have an individual who comes up to you and they're like, hey, can, can I get some mentorship? And you're like, yes, sorry, I got to go. And you just walk off, right? Maybe you're, maybe you're late for a meeting already. And then it's intentionally going back. This is where being intentional comes in. And you find them See, and you, jump in and you say, hey, I'm sorry I had to run off on you. This is what happened. Yeah. Effectively communicate with them the situation and say, if you still would like to have a conversation, I'd love to take the time and opportunity to sit down with you and discuss. There was about a month ago uh, that happened where somebody, I didn't have time for that person at the moment. And it went all the way to the next, I think two days went by. And I said, hey, come on over. And what was it that you want to talk to me about? And then I saw that look on their face just for a moment. I think they thought I had forgot. Right. Right. Or, yeah. and yeah. they, I saw, you know, there was this reaction, a positive reaction of, oh, he did remember. And we, you know, just work was what it was. And I was over here, he was over there. So we just, it took two days, mm -hmm. but it was important that I didn't leave that hanging. Right. I'm, I made time. Now I have time. I made time for you. So whatever. So yeah, we, for the next two hours, I was, I was his. Right. Yeah. And it's the. That's part of that, what you're talking about, is being able to have that responsibility to understand what you're communicating to this person. Hey, I had to run on you, but you still matter to me. Right. Well, I didn't even know what it was you had to say, but because you had to say it, it mattered to me. And I think the go. same side of this, and this, this is where we're, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to venture off into a little bit of the dark, so let's only be there for a brief moment, <laughs> is when we do, as someone comes to us and they want to talk to us and we're, we're quick to run off, at least pause for the second and, hey... How important is this? Is this something that I can come back to you on? Because you never know what that thing may be, and this may be the moment, and that meeting or wherever you're running off to probably isn't as important, and you need to stop and help this individual out in that moment. Mm. Now, and I, I say briefly go in, so pull back out of that. Um, we pass individuals in a hallway all the time, and you can, it, I love to do this, um, walk down the hallway, somebody will say, hey, how's it going? And they Say good, and they keep walking. You stop them, you go, why is it good? What is good about today? And, you know, you'll get a handful of individuals who are like, I, I, why do I have to explain this? Yo, this, is, this is I was not prepared for yeah, that this question. Is, this is supposed to just be, you know, hey, we just pass each other in the hallway, so it's not awkward. We just say something. An exchange of pleasantries. Right. Hmm. But showing that you actually cared 
know why it was good. Now, if somebody says, oh, I'm having a bad day, you still have the individuals who go, hmm, that sucks, sorry, man, and they walk off. Why don't we stop and take them all? Hey, man, what's going on? What's, if what's you going ask, bad? If you ask someone, how's your day, do you actually care how their day is? Exactly. You should. Exactly. Right. It's yeah. A, you should. you should take the time you if you're going to ask the question mm-hmm. for the answer. Yes, it. be sincere even in that small gesture. If you don't really want to hear the how their day went, just say hello. Right, <laughs> but don't ask the question. Right, right. When you ask the question, it should be honest. So Today, I think oh. circling back to to go, hey, what is mentorship not? Yes, it is not a mass mass produced product. You can't throw a bunch of people in a room and quickly do mentoring. It's also not something that's done, you know, uh, in in a short term. Well, it could be checklist, especially if you're designing goals and things that you guys want to accomplish. Okay. okay. Right? Okay. But it's not, you know, hey, quick hit. uh, I I got 30 seconds. I've just mentored. And I I was thinking checklist in the sense of the approach. Right. Oh, like well, the, the initial like, phase. Right. Yeah, like what yeah. you were talking about is sure. you're, you're changing that approach. What means something to this person yeah. can have very, or it can have very little, little meaning to this person, but to this person it has a huge sure. meaning and it's important you know that. Yeah. And in, the, in right. that sense, you're right. Yeah. Right. You, you can't just be checking a box. Right, right, right. Uh, following a, a pre, pre-designed template. Right. Um, you, you have to get to know somebody. You have to build that relationship. It's going to be a, so, a long-term connection where you are deliberate mm-hmm. about getting together, scheduling it, putting it on your calendar, and, and meeting, and then also very focused on the things postponing. that you want to achieve. What's that? Not postponing. Well, on occasion, life may force you to postpone, but that should be the exception rather than the rule. Right. Well, I'm a, When I, you look at your schedule, though, your, your individual who you're trying to mentor should not be the appointment that you can always move. move. Ah, exactly. Yeah. That should it not should be, be your just either. as important. As yes. The, because it is important. Right. And if you make it important, that person will feel that. Okay, let's talk about why is it important, though. All right, I'll talk about myself. I have been in situations where... Sometimes I'll do something and I'll have an NCO. It's happened a couple of times across my careers. And I'll say, you know what? Bring me your last five EPRs and, you know, bring me this and bring me that. And the last time it happened, I thought, oh, boy, here comes a big waste of my time. Because when someone starts down that road of talking like they're going to help me build this great career, mm-hmm. like they're going to mentor me, right? And they start that talk. I really don't believe in it anymore because... They're going to sit down. I'm going to email them this stuff. They're going to print it out. We're going to have one really good session of feedback and discussion of goals and using, you know, writing things down. Mm-hmm. And they will constantly reschedule, push me back until I'm ultimately forgotten. It'll be a year later and they would, they would not have followed up on any of those things that they wanted to discuss. Right. And it'd be up to me to follow up on it. Whether, you know, and it's almost as if it's like, well, if you wanted it, you would have followed up on it. And I'm like, well, I know that. That's why I didn't need to talk to you. I didn't gain anything now. You just wasted my time Yeah. by me going back to the Prada, collecting all this stuff, and you getting real gung-ho and excited just to leave me hanging. Right. <laughs> you know? And so now I have to go the rest of the year wondering how you really feel about me. Yeah. Because I don't know why you left me hanging. Yeah. All of us, I, I guarantee our listeners, many of our listeners right now, 
will be able to sympathize with the scenario where you know you're you're new to the organization or a new leaders come in and you print off you put together that whole career <laughs> thing yep. epr you know whatever yep. and you hand it off to them and they're like hey we'll meet in a week or so and then you show up at that meeting and that conversation some of the questions, some of the things that are discussed. If they're even there. If they're even there, right. But the point is... is Let's say they are. Right. The point is, is, did you even read everything I gave you? Right. Because everything that you're saying and discussing and questions that you're asking are all telling me you never once looked at it. And if you did, it or was you so cursory. It. You yeah, it was it. so cursory yeah. that you didn't pay any attention Ooh. to what's going on. Wow. You, right? You, you, and so, you're right. Yeah. I, I was in that situation so, where I, I had, there was somebody saying, well, you need to do this and this. And I'm kind of frowning like. Have um, you even read what I gave and, you? Yeah. And, and I did I did this yeah. thing where I, I separated the papers and I pulled the one out I was thinking of and I was kind of like. Right, right, hey, right here. Just take a look at that guy. And so that leader just missed an, an incredible opportunity to build credibility and connection. Now, what they have in front of them, mm. whether they want to acknowledge this or even realize it, what they have in front of them is another person looking at them going, well, I'm sorry, you missed it. I can't connect. I can't trust. Yeah. I can't turn to you. Right. For any sort of real, honest, right. valuable feedback now, because you have missed the mark. And I and really credibility and credibility me, is blown. To me, it feels like you're hitting a checkbox. That's exactly because this right. is a, you're supposed to do you're, this meeting with me, but you don't. Emotions. You don't really want to. Yeah. Right. You don't. You're not that interested in me. Correct. You're just doing this because you think you have to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? Someone told you you're supposed to do it, so you're trying to. Yeah, you went to a seminar somewhere, yep. <laughs> and they said that you were supposed to do this, yep. and now you're doing it, and that's it. You don't really care about John. You're not looking at it, hey, you know what? I like John, and I hope the best for him. Yeah. I'm going to do what I can to help him get to where he wants to go. Yeah. Right. You know? And some people may be going, wow, man, that's awfully harsh. Like, you can't trust that individual. But let's be, no. let's be think let's no, think about it. Let's break true. it down, right? It's true. If I can't trust that's when true. I hand and one you ask for it, I slide across the table my entire career in a nice little organized portfolio, and I can't trust you to take the time to actually understand what's in it before we meet. Why in the world will I be able to trust you to provide me anything of value as far as advice and guidance from that point forward? Now, if this sounds like just because you have rank? Yeah. Honestly, there might that's be, it? There might be some people who uh, who can relate to these stories. I think all three of us have been here at least mm -hmm. once. Yeah, right? if you've been in the Air probably, Force long enough, this probably, has happened to you. Probably more than once. Yeah. <laughs> if you've been in, if you get to be a lifer, right? Yeah. But if you are listening and you happen to be on the other side of the desk and go, "Oh, that I did that to somebody." Mm -hmm. Right? Okay. It's in the past. But what are you going to do about it going forward, right? Because it's when you once you're kind of aware of something like this, uh, you want to. Because that happened to me, I did use that as motivation to follow up with guys, because I hate I hate that feeling of not knowing what my supervisors or even if they're not my supervisors, people above me think of me. Right. I, that's one of the worst things in a work center to to walk around with, driving to work. You're coming in and everyone says good morning and you have no idea what they really are thinking when the doors close and no and no you're not around to eavesdrop. What are they saying about you? And you don't need to know everything. You just want to know that it's positive. That if your name comes up in the room, that they're gonna say something nice about you. And if they're not, then what is that thing so I cannot do it anymore? Or or work to correct. 
Right. I want to fix it so you do talk nice about me. Yeah. So please don't be that guy that's doing that. And or when, gal. Yep. Yes. And that person. Yep. <laughs> and when, but when you leave someone hanging like that, if, if you've done that, be cognizant that you left them with that feeling. They don't know what you think because you didn't follow through when it came to them. And trust me, they are watching what you do follow through on. Oh, yes. And so you, you might, and we've probably been in that same experience where that same person that didn't follow through on the mentorship and checking out the career and setting the plans and the goals and helping you get to whatever achievable state. But should it be, say, a disciplinary action, there will spare no expense at all the attention in the world. And if there's not a, a balance to that, then you're not as efficient as you could be. You're not reaching your people as you could be. Right. So, I mean, we've said quite a few of them throughout this episode. However, uh, to help solidify this and, you know, give one final nugget to, to the listener, especially some of our younger airmen who might be out there, um, what would be some key traits that you guys would encourage them to seek in a mentor? Hmm. So for me, first and foremost, they're going to have to have, right, straight out of the gate, I'm going to have to be able to see, know, and understand that they're the type of person that's willing to first get to know me and build that trusting relationship. Because again, my, my, type, my type of personality is one that, look, I just, you walk into a room, you will get the basic fundamental respect due to you as a senior person. Because typically, you know, that's what we're talking about at mentors. They're, they're usually senior to you. But beyond that, you're going to have to show me that and even earn the rest of that beyond that. Okay? Right. Right. And so I need to know that you're going to earn that trust. You're going to earn that commitment from me by investing in getting to know me. Right. Right. Understand my strengths, my weaknesses, the things I can bring to the table. So effective communication, because it's the only way that that's all actually that. going to happen. Yep. All of that. And time. Right. Time. You're going to also be willing to dedicate uh, time. And for me, that's typically at least you know, at least once a week, try, right? Sometimes things crop up and you can't make that happen, but at least try once a week uh, for, you know, a minimum of 30 minutes to sit down and just, you know, continue to build that relationship, but also work towards some of those goals that I'm, uh, that I need to work on. So I didn't want to go down this path, but I, since you brought it up, I do want to mention a little bit, you say 30 minutes. And I know you have a golden rule on this. So yeah. would you mind sharing how, what your 30 minutes of mentorship looks like so that individuals could understand that? Well, because with any relationship, it, there, there has to be time dedicated to it. Um, of any quality, you, you know, yes, I have an acquaintance over here. Okay, got it. That's a very superficial relationship. But of any relationship of deep quality, it requires time. And so usually the 30-minute rule once a week is, is a good uh, rule of thumb because it balances the time that you actually have available to you uh, with the need to invest in somebody. So okay. um, that's usually, you know, kind of what that's uh, centered around. So, yeah, for me, you need to show me that you're willing to take some time and, and effort to get to know me and spend some time. How about you, John? I'll talk to someone and sometimes a little bit long. I'm a little bit long winded. So it's easy to get into a long conversation with someone, you know, and, and just be there. And I like knowing people. So the traits you should have are one, 
know yourself. You know, know who you are. I had somebody tell me uh, just this morning, hey, John, I want you to talk to this person. I know that I'm not a personable person and you are. And I thought that was a great thing. He's like, I, I want to be, I want to help this person through this, but I know I don't have the tools to connect with them as fast as you can. And so you have to really be, know where you stand. That's a very, very important trait. It's being self-aware. Are you a nerdy guy, right? Are you kind of a, a, an awkward person socially? Are you a person who's overbearing, right? Which might get someone who's an introvert to, to withdraw, you know, and make it harder for them to open up to you because you're so overbearing. If you're aware of that trait, then maybe you can do something about it. And I think it's, that's to me would be the number one. Know who you are and the effect you leave on people because of your, your baseline personality. And after that, be receptive to that person and, and what they're saying back to you. Are they giving you a generic answer? Uh -huh. right? are, they, are they shifting in their seat because you're losing them, right? You're losing the audience. Are they becoming distracted where they started out intent and they were, are they leaning forward in their chair? Are they leaning back in their chair? Did they just slouch where before they were standing up straight? Be aware of these changes to start reading that body language and understanding their mood and then have that trait where you're willing to confront, hey man, like, is this, am I, am I really boring you right now? Am I, am I, am I just saying that? Yeah, saying am I wrong? missing the mark? Yeah. Because I've done that, man. I, I, I'm that kind of person. I'm like, you know what? Uh, am I saying this wrong? Yeah. Because I'm, I'm trying to communicate this, but I feel like I just messed it up. Did yeah. I mess it up? Be like, just, just <laughs> open and honest there. And that honesty usually kind of, it's, people don't, they won't be defensive. Right. You know, they'll say, oh, all right. And, and uh, they might even find it endearing. And so they might even help you and say, well, yeah, when you said this, it kind of turned me, I kind of tuned you out a little bit. And they kind of wince because they're not sure how you're going to take that. That's when that happens, be very happy on the inside because that's, that's that first step to an open communication. So I would say those top three things, right? Uh, being self-aware, being observant of the person you're speaking to. Uh, so being cognizant of their body language, the words they're using. If they're talking in the same tone they, that you normally hear them talk with, where they're not under pressure. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and then being willing to confront the issue. I think another thing to also bring up uh, and highlight in this discussion is um, we often put the focus on the mentee as the one that's, you know, growing and developing, the one that is the target. And yes, that's true. It is the target. But in my own experience, with every single mentorship relationship I've, I've entered into where I'm the mentor, I've always come out of that having grown myself having yeah. learned something about myself, having yeah. developed myself. And so this is a full spectrum, 360 degree benefit for our organization when we embrace this idea of mentorship as it should be embraced, not as we've come to kind of understand it, which in my opinion, dramatically misses the mark. Everyone wins. Everyone comes away from the table learning and growing when we do this. And do it right. When you do it the right way. Exactly. I think yeah. that's a great point. And I honestly think that we could probably make an entire episode about growing as that mentor 
with that situation. Yeah. Well, and I would even highlight that, you know, right now, because of COVID, we can't really offer this uh, in the way that we have been. But right. we do have a mentorship briefing and course that we offer here at the PDC that goes a little bit more in depth into some of the things that uh, you, you need to think about if you're interested in becoming much more intentional and deliberate at, at being a mentor. But we also cover some of the responsibilities of the mentee, the protege. Because you do have a responsibility to your mentor. Your mentor is taking valuable time out of their very busy schedule right. and investing in it in you. Right. You do not want to be that type of person that's like, hey, thanks, and oh, then man. completely blow that opportunity through just you know, not doing your part. Uh, that's, a, that's a sign of disrespect. I really. agree. Yeah. Um, and I, and think, so, I think now we've seen a lot of creativity. Uh, popping out of people now that they're have a different work schedule <laughs> and yeah. people are home and they're just being real creative with their time. And that was okay. We kind of needed that release from this new stress, but we are entering in a new normal. So now chances are you've been in your new work schedule for at least a month. Mm -hmm. And now you start saying, okay, these other things that I used to worry about all the time, well, they're still there. They're still hanging out. You still have people that are going to need you as a mentor, or maybe you want to learn how to grow yourself into a mentor or be that good mentoree. Right. Right. So now you have to start thinking about how can I achieve that, right? During this time, using an app to connect with someone, uh, finding an activity that can be shared uh, digitally online somehow. Mm -hmm. uh, and maybe you have an opportunity where you don't have to be as far apart as, you know, you don't have to be 10 miles apart or something like that. Right. And there's exceptions to the rules. We right? can still have the social we, distancing, right. distancing, but still remain connected. Right. And work those exceptions, use those tools, and start thinking of the creative way you can use those tools. Because, uh, man, we still want it. And we're social creatures by nature, most yep. of us, right? So, yeah, let's... Let's get after it. Right. We, we need to. Right. It, it is in the best interest of everyone involved. Yeah. I, I know we could go on about, about mentoring for, for quite a while, honestly. Yeah. Yes. But we, we do probably need to wrap this one up. So give a little bit of time for some closing, closing comments, some thoughts, last-minute yeah. things. So from my perspective, one, this is not a nicety. It's a necessity. This is something that we as a community, we as an organization have to to be doing. And it's incumbent on our leaders, those who could fill that mentor role, mm -hmm. to step out and offer it. Everyone else needs to be willing and comfortable enough, feel safe enough to also step up and go, yeah, I'll take advantage of that, right? Um, so it's not a nicety. It's a necessity. Two, um, it's not ad hoc. We have to be deliberate. We have to be focused. We have to develop plans goals, and then gear every bit of our energy towards accomplishing those goals in the time that we have together uh, during this formal mentorship uh, relationship. And then once it's over, um, pay it forward. Whatever you learned during, if, even if you're the mentee, I'll wager you're going to learn some pretty cool techniques and processes that you can then go, ah, I can now do this uh, maybe for those that are below me uh, and are looking for somebody to just give them some time. And I would say that, man, when you, you're a tough act to follow, Fish. 
<laughs> so when that's why I made you go next. It's, it's the passion. It's not me. It's the it passion. is. It is. Well, yes, you always speak with a lot of passion. I love it. So take take the time to sit back and think. What can I what can I do to become a mentor for somebody? Whom do I care? Whom would I like to care about? Well, whom would I like to see them succeed? It's a being a mentor is a selfless action. You're not, it's a sacrifice, right? Because you're not, that person is not going to reciprocate what you're giving to them and the joy, the satisfaction that I feel and that I hope, you know, someone else would feel is seeing that person achieve what it is you were trying to help them get to. And I've, I've experienced that in military career. I've experienced that in my racing career where I've taken someone and they, you, they were here and my influence was a great assistance. I didn't do it for them, but it was a great catalyst to for them become something else. And I can, man, that gives me a lot of pride, a lot of swagger to say, yes, I've had this career. I've had my accomplishments, yay me, but look at all the people I've helped also achieve accomplishments. That is the coolest part. Yeah. And that's, that's where I kind of want to challenge your idea of reciprocate, right? right? Yes. That person may not as an individual be able to provide you a full reciprocal return on what you've invested in them. But, but when they, the, the payout, isn't that right? the payout, the full actual reciprocal return is actually what that person is now going to do for two, three, four, five, or six yes. others. Yes. That's that the payout. To achieve. Yeah. Yes. That's the payout. And so that's for me, that's what I look at. Yeah. I yeah. may not get this back personally, it's a, but it's, it's a, not about me. It's never been about it's the me. the most positive virulent. That's <laughs> it. You know, yeah. you can spread. This is, right? this is a virus. Right. A good one. Yes. Let's start infecting. Mentorship <laughs> is the virus that we should start yes, infecting. That's yes. exactly right. That's what, <laughs> I, that's what I'm referencing. Contagion. Yeah. Um, I do want to highlight a couple of resources, though, for folks before we do uh, call, call it quits. Sure. Okay. It's a couple of books that I think um, have really influenced me in this idea of mentorship, and I think it will help others kind of grow. And that one is um, called um, Gray Eminence. Uh, it's about Major General Fox Connor, which most people have never heard of. But yet, if you were to ask General George C. Marshall, Eisenhower, about who the most influential person in their life, he's the person they would mention. And the, the reason being is, is he came from World War I, learned a lot of lessons, and recognized the value of mentorship and began investing in those individuals as young officers in order to prepare them for what he knew was possibly coming, and that was World War II. And uh, great story, small book, easy read, okay. but truly impactful uh, with regard to this idea of mentorship. The last one is the sponsor effect. And sponsorship is really a taking mentorship and elevating it one step higher to where you take somebody under your uh, tutelage uh, and begin pre- prepping them for in a very deliberate way for bigger and better things. Right. A, a uh, proper protege. Correct. Yeah. And so the book called Sponsorship Effect um, by Sylvia Hewlett and uh, uh, Gray Eminence by Ed Cox. Those two books are just fabulous. And so I would encourage you to check them out. That's okay. awesome. Yeah. So got a, got a couple of reading assignments, which I know that we've talked about the Gray Eminence before. Um, and it's one that I can't wait to get to but unfortunately my stack of reading is <laughs> it's you know right. ever so growing. long right. right and you know you, you got to pick and choose the order and how you go so um thank you guys for being here taking the time great conversation yeah, um, yeah it was 
I think it was a much needed conversation. Uh, I think some of the, the the listeners are going to really really enjoy this conversation. I hope so. I hope so. We hope so. <laughs> we, we also want to thank all the listeners for uh, for being here. Whether this is your first episode, your second episode, hopefully it's just not your last episode. So. Stay tuned. We'll, we have some more exciting guests in the future, some more great topics to come. Yeah. Uh, encourage you to check us out on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, get out there. See what we got on social media. Um, and spread the word. Spread the word. Yeah. Yeah. Share the Tell message. your friends, family. Uh, it doesn't have to be your military friends, or it doesn't have to be your military friends from this base. We, we try to be open and honest about all conversations that would apply to individuals yeah. in all areas of life so spread the message and uh help us help us help you that's right thank you for listening thanks for listening you guys take care did you know you can reach out to us via our social media sites yes you can folks we truly do want to hear from you You see, it's your feedback, your questions, your insights, which are vital to our ability to remain relevant and meaningful to you, the listener. So give us a shout out. You can find us on Facebook. Simply search Professional Development Center-CAFB. Again, Professional Development Center-CAFB. We're also on Instagram at pdc.cafb. Again, pdc. C-A-F-B. And finally, via our email, 27-S-O-F-S-S.P-E-C at us.af.mil. That's 27 Sierra Oscar Fox Sierra Sierra dot Papa Echo Charlie at us.af.mil. Folks, we do want to hear from you. You have listened to an episode of Pulse recorded by members of the Cannon Air Force Base community. The views expressed within this podcast are those of the speakers and guests and do not necessarily represent the view of the DOD, Department of Defense, or its components. To the airmen, soldiers, sailors, and Marines, we'll see you again soon.